Hey there, friends and family. This is Nielsen Talk number two. And just going to go over some of the stuff that I've been doing with the media things in the month of January. January is a great month. I uh, got two podcasts out. The first one with my younger brother, Logan, who was actually the first guest I ever had on the podcast. And he had talked about some of his mental health challenges and some other things in that first podcast then it was really great to start off this month with a follow-up podcast with him just talking about you know how he's doing now how he's still managing uh, some of the mental health concerns and you know really how he's gotten into a better place and some of the things that he's been doing so that was a really nice podcast for, um, for me uh, a lot of people seem to like that as well. And then the second podcast was with my friend Luke Fossey, and he talked about dealing with some health problems, specifically cancer, and then a lot of challenges that stemmed from having cancer at a young age. And he came in with a really great inspirational message just about sort of attacking things, and he related a lot of things to wrestling but about just keeping a positive attitude and what was the next step. And that was awesome. That was kind of the focus just for me mentally in the month of January. I think a lot of us are that way when we start a new year. It's, the, of course, the time for New Year's resolutions and those sorts of things. I don't necessarily make New Year's resolutions, which I'm going to get into a little bit, how I set some goals and things. Uh, but that was really where my mindset was for the month of January, as well as, you know, what are things that I want to accomplish in the next year and how I break those things down and try to attack things. So I think Luke's message in that podcast, you know, was spot on and just awesome and a great message for people who have dealt with not only physical, you know, health challenges, but just any challenge in general. So that was awesome. I uh, got a couple blog posts out as well that kind of on that same topic of setting goals, adapting, those sorts of things. And then I was actually able to get uh, content edits done for my book that's going to be coming out. We don't have a release date yet, but that's something I've, I've mentioned before on the website and some things. And I'll continue to uh, you know give some more information on that as we get things squared away. But content edits were done with uh, that finish that up this month and now it's on to line edits or the line edits are you know where they go through and check my commas and periods and all those sorts of grammatical things so January is a great month for that also just a great month of hanging out with my kids doing those sorts of things uh, here in Iowa we just got done with a stretch of extremely cold weather so we had a lot of uh, snow days or I guess just too bitterly cold for human beings to be outside days uh, so we got a lot of playing with Nerf guns and slime and hanging out and it was a good time. So January was great. Uh, recording here on February 1st, uh, just to rehash some of those things and kind of set the focus for the next things we're going to be doing. Um, the first blog post that I put out an audio companion for this month, uh, was titled Coyote. And you know, that's something that is important to me, the coyote, symbolically. That's something I talk about in the blog post that in my classroom, I have a picture of a coyote hanging up on a bulletin board. 
And a coyote is an animal we sort of adopted as like the, the class spirit animal. And I like the coyote as a symbol because it's one of the most adaptable animals in the animal kingdom. You know, it's an animal that is has been hunted for a long time and, um, you know, is seen as a nuisance to farm animals and livestock, those sorts of things, and has been just hunted and because of that pressure has continued to spread and continued to adapt. The coyote, you know, will live as an individual, it'll live in groups, it'll eat about anything. It's been able to spread from really the American Southwest across the entire uh, United States. So I just think it's an interesting animal. And in that blog post, adap um, Coyote, talking about adaptation, I talk about the importance of adaptation and the importance of pressure and time. Where I think it's so important for us to pressure ourselves to be able to adapt. And about having faith in time. That if we're taking the steps and pressuring ourselves over time, we're going to see those adaptations. And I talk a little bit in that blog post about some of the adaptations that I've gone through. Specifically, I talk about some of the things um, with physical health challenges that I've gone through. And I've talked about at different times, be it on a you know podcast or in a blog post, about some of the mental health, or not mental health, but the physical health challenges that I've gone through, and in the mental side of that too. Um, but just as a little recap, I'll go everything. I got very sick about five years ago. Um, had some like sort of several strange, I guess, just health problems that popped up. Uh, one of which being a bacterial infection that attacked my digestive system. And that experience required a lot of adaptation. And it led to a lot of adaptation, some of which, uh, you know, was kind of funny. The things that I didn't expect. For instance, I've had so many surgeries and different procedures under anesthesia that the anesthesia stopped being quite as effective as it initially was. I mean, it's like the last time I had surgery, I'm laying there with the mask on and I've got the you know surgeon and nurse or whoever's there looking over top of me and I'm breathing through the mask and they're going, you know, hey, he looks pretty responsive yet. And I'm like, yes, I am very much awake. Please do not start cutting into me yet. Uh, but the best one was I was having my second upper endoscopy. And an upper endoscopy is where they run a tube down your throat into your stomach. And they can look around and take biopsies and that sort of thing. Now, for an upper endoscopy, they don't put you all the way under. You know, I mean, you're not out like you would be for surgery, but you're pretty well doped up. I mean, they... They've got it so you're relaxed and you don't really remember the procedure. Or at least that was the case the first time I had an upper endoscopy. This is over the course of a couple of years. I'm having a lot of different procedures and a couple of different surgeries and things like that. 
Well, the second time I have to have one of these endoscopies, they give me the stuff, and I'm looped up, and I don't, I don't remember the start of the procedure. They've got the tube down my throat. But then I, I come to, and I, like, woke up, whatever, came to so clearly that I could feel the tube going down my throat. I could feel it in my stomach moving around, which is a strange feeling. So I can feel this moving around, and I'm cognizant enough where my brain is saying, hey, this is okay. You're in the hospital. They're doing the procedure. Just relax. But my body was like, get this thing out of me right now. So I start dry heaving. And I'm talking like the full body up from your toes sort of dry heave. Where I'm just... And trying to like force this thing, you know, regurgitate this tube from out of my stomach. And everybody in the room goes nuts. The doctors, the nurses, everybody there is, whoa, 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 you know, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And they're coming up to me. And again, my brain tries to step in for a second and is like, all right, this is fine. Calm down. You're safe. Everything's okay. And for a moment, my body was like, all right, we've got this. We're fine. And then it was like, nope, no, we don't. Get it out of us. And I'm, I'm going again, trying to force this thing out. And then they must have hit me with the goods because then I was out. The next thing I remember is I'm in the recovery area and I am having a hard time coming out of it. So, you know, over the course of all those medical issues, there was a lot of things like that, like a lot of strange adaptations. It just, you know, our bodies adapt whether we want them to or not, whether we expect them to or not. We adapt. You know, human beings are built to adapt. That's what us, has gotten us this far in you know, evolution. We've been able to adapt. And in that blog post, Coyote, I talk about how you know, that's really, for me, that's sort of the key to success. It's one of the major keys to just living like a peaceful and fulfilling life is the ability to adapt. Because... Things are going to happen to us. Difficult things are going to happen. And we're going to adapt one way or the other, for better or worse. You know, this time of year in January with the New Year's resolutions, typically one of the top New Year's resolutions is about our physical health, about you know losing weight, getting into shape, those sorts of things. And we have to understand that in order to do something like that, say get in better physical health, it's about adapting. It's about changing who we are. And I don't mean changing who we are in terms of, you know, the things that make us quintessentially who we are. Those are the good things. Those are the things you want to keep and hold on to and double down on those attributes. It's about changing the things about ourselves that we don't like or the things that have caused negative adaptations. You know, if we're out of shape if we don't like the way we look or feel physically, oftentimes that's a result of adaptations our body's made because 
of bad habits of not exercising, not eating well, those sorts of things. But we can adapt the other way too. And it takes that pressure. And that really translates to every aspect of life. In that blog post, Coyote, I talk about all these different health things that I went through and how I had to adapt. And, you know, and one of the adaptations was it really, uh, that bacterial infection took away my ability to uh, eat and drink a lot of the things that I had before. You know, I before kind of had the iron constitution, eat anything, you know, drink whatever I wanted, those sorts of things. And at the worst point, the only thing that I could do comfortably was sip water from a glass. A full gulp was uncomfortable and I, I felt sick to my stomach and, and had a lot of pain and those things for a, a fairly long period of time. And it took a lot of, you know, it took a lot of tests with doctors. It took a lot of experimentation, took a lot of changing diet, things like that. And my diet started at a level that was, it's still very restricted, but it basically started a baseline of, of nothing really felt good um, eating or drinking. And just trying to slowly add things and trying to let my body adapt again and get used to eating different things. And even now, five years after initially getting sick, I still eat a, a very regimented diet, but it's a lot better than I was. I feel a lot better than I did. I feel healthy and strong otherwise. And that was through adaptation. It was a long road. So in a lot of ways, you know, that experience was a blessing for me. It was a beautiful gift in the sense that it, you know, sounds cliche, but it really helped me get a great sense of perspective in terms of my own mortality, in terms of, hey, one day you can just wake up sick. I mean, literally, you can wake up sick or one day you might not wake up at all. And that was something that I'd always tried to internalize. And I think I've always tried to enjoy little things. And, uh, you know, when I could eat and drink what I wanted to, I was a guy who I enjoyed eating and drinking. You know, I was eat, drink, and be merry, ready at all times. So I don't really have any regrets that I, like, missed out on stuff. But it gave me a great deal of perspective that even when I could only, you know, sip water comfortably, that I live in a place where clean water is readily available to me. And when I could start introducing things to eat, I can go to a grocery store and I can buy these things. You know, I can buy, you know, I eat a lot of chicken and quinoa and things like this. Those are things that are readily available to me where I live. And just how fortunate I am. So... That did a lot for me in terms of establishing a perspective. And I talk about in that blog post too, that really came in handy with, you know, I'd been through all of these medical health things. And I talk about that. That wasn't the worst thing I've ever been through. I talk about the worst moment in my life is inequivocably when um, I had to tell my children that their mother and I were getting divorced. And this was, you know, going on two years ago now, a year and a half. 
And, you know, that's the situation. I don't harbor any ill feelings toward anyone um, about the situation. I try to, in all those situations, own my, my role in those sorts of things. But that specific moment of having to sit down my young children on the couch and, and tell them with their mother, we told them that, um, you know, we weren't going to be married anymore and that, you know, eventually it'd be two separate houses and those sorts of things. And just the looks on their faces and the worst part of it was they, they tried to play it cool. Like they tried to be tough about it, almost like they were trying to protect us and said, you know, it's okay. And tried to fight back the tears and then the tears came. You know, it was interesting. I, again, I reflect on that moment, not, not to be negative or not to think anything negative of anyone else, but it's a real life thing, real life things that we all go through. You know, and in that moment, you know, I thought, man, I would go through a lifetime of my worst moments of, of physical pain and physical illness to take that moment back from my kids so that they didn't have to experience it. And I don't even know if that would be a good thing in the long run. I mean, I would like to think... Uh, my kids' mother and I um, you try to do a good job balancing everything and making sure um, that we're checking in with our kids and how they're feeling about stuff. And so far as I can tell, my kids are are happy, and we talk about you know how they're feeling and stuff. So I think in a lot of ways, I'm hope, hoping. That in the long run, it winds up being something good for them because it is a challenge. I'm not saying that specific moment is a good thing, but they've had to adapt too. At an early age, they've had to go through something difficult and they've had to adapt and they've had to, um, you know, push through a challenge. And hopefully... You know, that does make them stronger if it's something that's modeled well for them. And hopefully it's something if they face something similar when they're older, um, they've got a good baseline to go back to. But still, in that moment, I'd go back to the worst I've ever felt to take that away for them. So it's just an interesting thing. Like, we never know what's going to happen. There can always be another challenge, something ahead, but we have the ability to adapt and it's all about putting that pressure on ourselves, forcing ourselves into situations that are uncomfortable going, you know, reaching past our current limitations and just giving it time. Adaptation takes time. I like the term adaptation because it's, it's more than setting a goal or starting a new program. It's about, changing who you are, changing who we are over the long run. And that takes a lot of little steps in the right direction. 
So that's kind of uh, you know a tangent back to some of the things I've already talked about a little bit this month. But I also want to with this video because these videos are a little less formal. I don't really plan them out that much. I have kind of a general outline of things that I want to talk about. But I'm not sitting down and writing them like I do with the blog post. Um, but I wanted to give some sort of practical information as well. I think a lot of times... Uh, you know, there's a lot of great stuff out there, great motivational speakers, and I'm by no means a great speaker or a great motivational speaker or anything like that. Um, but I think sometimes those things might leave out practical advice, where it's great for a rah-rah, and yeah, I feel up for a moment, and I feel inspired in this moment, and I want to go out and change the world and change myself in this moment. Uh, but then we lose maybe the practical steps. So I want to try and give some practical things that I do uh, to try to adapt and try to reach these goals and things. And why I thought that would be good too is I had a conversation with someone recently who asked me, you know, how do you balance all of these different things? How do you balance family and work and these side projects uh, with the media stuff and writing a book, all these different things? How do you balance those things? And my short answer was, well, I try to focus on the singular moment that I'm in. I try to put all of my attention on that, give that my very best effort, even if I only have a small time in a given day to focus on that one thing. And then when it's time to move on to the next thing, I move on to the next thing and I try and put the other stuff out of my mind. Harder to do. Um, you know, I guess easier said than done, that sort of thing. But I do also do some tangible, practical things that help me. So I thought maybe I would share those. So first, uh, I'll share this. I'll kind of hold up. I, uh, I don't know if you can see it very well, but it's just a piece of legal pad paper. I have legal pads and legal pad paper and sticky notes everywhere all over my house, in drawers, next to my bed, taped to things. Um, so if I ever unexpectedly, you know, if I unexpectedly die, I want someone to come through my house and gather up all these, uh, you know, like ravings of a madman that are, are all over my house. But they're helpful for me because I think it's important to write things down. That's not earth-shattering information. People have been talking about writing down goals and things for a long time. But... I didn't, uh, I've kind of gone away from writing, I write some specific goals, and for a while I would write very specific goals, where I just like things a little more in the abstract, and for me, a lot of this stuff, whether it's a blog post or something like that, it's kind of my chance to work through these thoughts anyway, so I, I have that outlet, and to uh, quote one of my favorite musicians, Todd Snyder, he says, you know, I'm not trying to change anyone else's mind. I'm just trying to ease my own. That's sort of what I do with a lot of the stuff. I don't think that I have any answers for anyone, but it's, it's the way that I work through and process things, and hopefully it's of some value to someone else. So uh, what I did for uh, sort of New Year's resolution type of thing is I wrote 19 for 19, kind of cheesy, but I just wrote 19 things that were sort of larger overall thoughts that I wanted to focus on. 
And I got that idea actually from a student sent me. My, I love my students. My students are fantastic, and many of them have gravitated towards a lot of the eclectic things that I'm interested in. So a student sent me a list of, it was Woody Guthrie's, uh, you know, folk singer, Woody Guthrie's New Year's resolutions. And I, I guess I forget off the top of my head what year it was from. And, uh, but it was just a great list of sort of simple musings. Some of them were a little more specific goals, like he wanted to write a song every day. And then some of them were more vague. And he had little hand-drawn illustrations with them just on a notepad piece of paper. So I decided to do something a little more like that, just for my own enjoyment. So 19 for 19, to just to go through you know, some of them, like the first one I have on there is I have courage, integrity, respect, love, empathy. That's my, my first thing on there. And that's, I've written about in the past, that's sort of my five tenets for life. I think it's important that people understand what they value at least it's, un, it's important for me to have a clear sense of the things that I value. So I tried to come up with five you know, fundamental beliefs, five fundamental tenets, uh, five fundamental characteristics by which I want to frame my life. I don't always live up to them, but I try to frame my life around them. So you know, courage, integrity, respect, love, and empathy, those are my five. That's a lot of times you'll see me wearing a t-shirt with those actually printed on the t-shirt. Um, you know, this tattoo on my forearm is a symbol representing that to me, the symbol that I'd created. So that's an important thing to me. So for a lot of my list, at least for those 19 for 19, it's not a specific goal, but it's a specific belief or something that I want to focus on, a thought that I want to focus on. Because the things that we focus on, those become who we are. And that's, for me, really the adaptation thing. I want it to be, I'm not only creating a habit, but it's at a fundamental level changing who I am, changing at least aspects of who I am. So that's one. I have a lot of other things on there that relate to different blog posts and stuff that I've either written or that I'm developing that I'll put out at some point that are ideas. You know, I talk like honor is on there. Um, I try to ask myself, you know, am I living honorably? Is this what an honorable person would do? So the term honor is important to me. So those are things uh, that are just important. And some of them are uh, little things like, like read, write, think. I think everybody should read, write, and think every day. Or maybe not everybody, but for me to be happy, fulfilled, I need to read, write, think every day, um, or at least try to every day. Um, I have things, I, I have one that I just, well, it's two that I combined into one that I blatantly stole from Woody Guthrie's list. And on Woody Guthrie's list, he had, they were two separate items but one said love everybody and the other one said wake up and fight and I just thought that's very poetic in a Woody Guthrie way and I've I just combined them together so it's love everybody wake up and fight and that's another thing that man that's how I want to frame my life I want to be a positive influence to people I don't want to have you know <laughs> I don't want to have a lot of negativity in my life but I also want to wake up and fight I want to be 
uh, you know, prepared to fight for things that I believe in and fight for myself and my children and those sorts of things and, and attack the day, attack my goals. So I love just putting those together. Love everybody, wake up and fight. So, uh, you know, just a lot of different things like that. Little reminders, be more today than yesterday. I think that's always the goal with adaptation too. It's not about being perfect. It's not about, you know, hitting out of the park every swing. It's about being a little bit more today than I was yesterday. And if you do that day after day over a long period of time, then you get pretty close to, you know, either where you thought you are going to be or you might exceed things that you didn't know you could do so that's one and then the last thing i have on there is just mickey and claire my kids names i put that on basically every little reminder every little list that i do mickey and claire is on there just as a reminder of that's my purpose in life that's my number one responsibility is my children so i have something like that and again, I've done also I've done these in lots of different ways, written very specific goals, things that I carry in my pockets as a reminder, uh, that sort of thing. This I have taped up actually to the television screen in my bedroom. I don't watch a lot of TV in my bedroom, but the TV's there, so I, I physically have to move it if I want to watch something, but it's always there. So if I get up in the morning, there it is, and I try to read through it. As soon as I get up every day, just as a reminder of these are sort of like core beliefs. But then I also try to whittle things down uh, more specifically. And I try to do, I go from these big sort of overall feelings or principle to kind of guide the year, my 19 for 19. But then I try to break it down into a 30-day time period. So it's what do I want to accomplish essentially in the next month. So I did one for January. January's done. So I rewrote a list yesterday on the 31st for, okay, February, what do I want to focus on? That gives me a chance to reflect. Hey, I can kind of not pat myself on the back much. I don't really like doing that. But a little bit of like, hey, I think I did pretty well on these things. Here's the things I didn't do so well on. So I need to refocus on those. And I, I kind of rewrite the list. A lot of the things are the same. If there are things I still want to be focusing on, but then some of my tweak in, in little ways. Um, but I do a list of the next 30 days. So, for example, again, don't know that you can actually see the writing on there. Maybe you can see that a little bit if I zoom that in. Um, I guess maybe as I got that closer, went into focus a little bit. So, that's my 19 for 19 right there. You can take a look at it. And then. My 30 days, so you can see it dated on the top. I even did the classic wrote 1118 first and then had to change the 8 into a 9. So I was writing that on January 1st or December 31st whenever I actually wrote it. I think I wrote it on the 1st because I was at my brother's comedy show on the 31st on New Year's Eve. And um, some of the goals are fairly specific. Like I put things like, Yoga, five of seven. So that means to me, like five out of seven days of the week, I want to make sure I'm doing yoga. And I like some of these, like I, I'm pretty sure I accomplished that goal. I think I did yoga pretty much, pretty much every day. I, I skipped a couple. I missed a couple days here and there. I know that. I missed a couple days here and there. But I try to give myself a little bit of wiggle room. 
I think sometimes we get so ambitious with goals and then it becomes disheartening. It was like, I'm going to do yoga every single day. That's great, but then life happens. We have those extra busy days. We're running the kids to different things and, you know, circumstances just come up. So I try to give myself, for a lot of things, five out of seven days. That also gives some room to be sort of pleased if you exceed that. If I did yoga seven of seven days, hey, I feel pretty good about that. That was above and beyond what I wanted to do. Um, but I think somewhere in that neighborhood is a good range, at least for me. So that was one I had on there. I wanted to meditate five out of seven days a week, um, things like that. Wanted to read seven of seven days a week, you know, so read something every day. And I mean like, sincerely sit down and read something, you know, a book, not something on my, you know, scrolling through on my phone or something like that. I think I did every day except one. I think I, I missed one day. I try to read something uh, quick when I get up in the morning. And then if I, you know, have time later in the day, read again, like, you know, from an actual book. Um, I think I missed one day where I, I actually thought that I'd maybe read in the morning and then I hadn't and then I didn't read uh, that evening. But and I might have missed something more than that. But for the most part, I think I, I think I read pretty much every day. And again, you can see for some of these goals, I don't, I don't measure them so much that it, it becomes an obsession. And I have a tendency to get sort of obsessive about things that I'm working on with writing a book or something like that, especially. Uh, so for some of these, I, I kind of just set that general rule, like, hey, five out of seven days or for the reading or writing, I might put seven out of seven days because that comes a little more natural to me than say doing yoga. I like doing yoga. I've been doing yoga, you know, fairly regularly for some time now. But that's something that I want to get better at. <clears throat> Just as my own physical health um, activities, I want to focus more on doing yoga, getting a little more involved, a little more intense yoga workout. But those are things I put on there that I want to, I want to, I want to stretch myself a little farther in this area. Like I don't have anything on here about lifting weights because I've been a long time weightlifter. Uh, that comes to me very naturally. I have a weight rack in my house. I have a weight room area. I have the bumper plates, the whole deal, because that's really important to me. It's something I've done for a long time. So that I don't have to push myself that. That's part of my routine. And when things become part of our routine, become kind of part of our blueprint of our daily life, I don't have to focus on that as much as I do about like I need to really make sure I do yoga because if I'm gonna if I'm gonna skip something working out. I'll know I'll make my lift. I might skip my yoga workout. So that goes on the list. So a lot of things like that. Um, you know, things for the media stuff. I want to do, you know, I put one plus new podcast in the next 30 days. Did two last month. I've got a great one, I think, lined up in a couple of weeks for this month. I'd like to get another one done this month too. So if I can do that, you know, that's kind of my goal there. Um, I got some other goals just in terms of networking, marketing, some of the different media stuff and sort of anticipation for the book coming out, stuff like that. I have gratitude on here. I want to try and practice, like specifically practice gratitude every day. 
Uh, I try to do it in the morning and night when I wake up. What am I grateful for before I go to bed? What am I grateful for? That's the last thing I ask my kids when I'm putting them to bed is what are they thankful for? Um, and then we you know, each say something for the day that we're thankful for. I think that's important. So I have a lot of things like that. You know, some of them try to, uh, I want to avoid negative distractions. Uh, that'd be things like, you know, falling down the YouTube well, which isn't a bad thing all the time, but uh, that can be a distraction if, hey, I'm going to work on this. I want to write something and then I'm eating supper and scrolling through YouTube and then I've watched an hour of Ric Flair videos, which isn't all bad, but I want to make sure I'm being deliberate with that time. If I want to watch Ric Flair videos, I want to set aside time to do that. I don't want to become distracted. So that's on there. I have, um, you know, like another one, I have no gossip and no negative talk. Now, I've, I'm not much of a gossip guy in general. I kind of stay out of people's business. I don't like talking about other people. Um, but I, I kind of mean like gossip, negative talk, even how I think just in general sometimes when people get together and talk about things, uh, it becomes sort of a session of complaining about, you know, complaining about work or I'm a teacher. So sometimes it gets you're talking about students in a negative way. And I don't, I don't mean that to bad with other teachers like, like they're being cruel, but maybe complaining about students in general, maybe not getting assignments done or something like that. So for me, it's just a reminder. I don't want to have that negative talk about anybody. I, I don't want that negativity in my life. And so I try to focus on that. Um, Act on positive impulses. That's one that I've tried to do for the last uh, month is if a positive thought comes into my head, I try to act on it immediately. And sorry, I cut the uh, video feed for a second there because I looked up at my camera. I was talking. I didn't see the red blinking light anymore. So I, I cut it to see if it was still recording. But as I was talking about, one of the things on my... 30 days for January was to act on positive impulses. And by that, I mean, if a, if a positive thought comes into my head, like something that I could do to positively impact somebody else, I try to act on that immediately. So that has led to some, like sometimes sort of cheesy or awkward, like text messages to somebody in the middle of the night where I just want to say like, Hey man, I appreciate this. Or I think, you know, you do an awesome job at that, that sort of thing. But that was something I wanted to push myself to do where if, if I have these positive thoughts, to put them out there, give them to somebody immediately. It's sort of like, you know, if you have kids, hopefully you've had these, you know, wonderful moments like where my daughter will run over. My daughter just turned seven years old and Claire will run over. You know, she'll be like, Dad, I love you. Like there's not, there, there's nothing better than that. And I always think, you know, why, why don't we do more of that in our lives? There is nothing better than that. There's nothing bad that can come from that. Go do that to someone. Do that to a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, whatever. Go do something like that right now. You won't regret it. They're just going to be, you know, so happy. Just those random little acts of kindness. So that was one thing on here. Um, so that was kind of my, my 30 days for January. I did a similar list for February. If I get that, if you can kind of see, same thing. A lot of them are very much the same. Um, like I have the yoga five of seven again, but I put it five of seven plus. 
Like I've been trying to do five of seven because I did pretty good with that last month. And I, so I want to at least do that again to continue to build that habit. And if I can push a little farther, um, not only with like frequency, but I'm trying to push a little farther in the types of yoga I'm doing, the, the poses, things like that. Um, same thing with meditation, trying to really push a little bit, trying to push my cardio a little more this month in terms of a workout thing. Again, I'm always pretty good about making my lifting, but as kind of a, a meathead lifter guy, if I'm going to, you know, skimp on something, it's that, man, I was going to run, but I, you know. Uh, so focus on that a little bit. The reading and writing stuff again is on here. Um, different things that I want to study. I've been reading a lot on Zen Buddhism and stuff lately, so I want to continue to uh, read and study on that uh, a couple days a week. So put some things on there. Um, I put, you know, some of them are more specific. I want to average one chapter a day of the book that I wrote. I'm going back through and writing sort of a, a course guide for it for schools because it's a book that's going to be... Um, really geared towards middle school to high school students and since I exist in that world I'm going through and writing sort of a curriculum guide um, that addresses a lot of the standards and different things that we're doing in education um, so I want to focus on at least one chapter of my book a day on average on that I give myself an average because if there's a day I'm really busy doing some other media stuff I don't you know, beat myself up, up over it. I just know I, I have to do two tomorrow, then I can stay pretty consistent that way. Um, a new one that I put on here that I was thinking about is positive funny. I put positive funny on here. What I mean by that is I think I'm not like a super humorous guy. Like I don't think, you know, a lot of my friends wouldn't consider me like I'm the funny guy. I'm not. Uh, I mean, I'm certainly not like my brother Logan, who's a stand-up comedian you know he's professionally funny people pay him to be funny um but i think you know i like to tell stories i can throw in a funny comment here and there um but i think sometimes for myself i've i've been good at like busting on people kind of busting people's chops kind of being funny that way and not you know, I really never try to do it in a, a mean way or a hurtful way, but just for myself, it's like, I don't, you know, even that somebody could interpret it poorly and, um, you know, there's certain close friends you can, you know, bust on each other back and forth. Um, I'm not taking that away. I think that's, can be an important friendship thing, but I think just in general, um, I think, I want to work on just sort of being like a, a positive sort of, and it doesn't necessarily need to be funny, but like a personable influence uh, while making sure I avoid those sort of cracks at other people's expenses or something like that. So that was, you know, like a simple one like that. And then I tried to, uh, again, I posted these on my TV. So they're there, they're visible, I can see them, I can go back and reflect on previous months, things like that. I have a, a notepad by my bed, I maybe write other things in that I want to focus on. And then I do uh, whiteboards, I like the dry erase boards. So then for specific things, like specific obligations and stuff that I have to fulfill, I, I do a one month, so like I just did February, and I write in all the dates, and then I write 
you know, my kids' activities and what times they are and my activities, uh, you know, for work, but also for the media stuff, if I have a podcast uh, set up, those sorts of things. Put all those on a calendar, just I mean, a normal calendar. But that kind of lets me frame things in a, in a month. And then on a separate whiteboard that I have like a bulletin board, whiteboard and stuff, then I have, I do two weeks at a time. That's something I started doing as an athletic director um, when I had to be really scheduled and structured with things. Is I started doing two weeks at a time where I would write out the dates then and then I would write more detailed things about, okay, next week I have all of these things and the week after that I have all of that. And then I just keep updating. So as I, I finish off one week, I erase that. And then I'm doing, you know, the week after. So there's always two weeks up on the board that I can check. And just a little reminder, it's great too that just in the morning it's by the door where I leave the house. So I can double check like, oh yeah, I got, you know, in a couple of days my daughter has this coming up. I got to remember that, put that in the school bag, you know. Even a little, I put lunches, my kids, you know, school lunches they don't like. We can pack these school lunches. That just helps me stay organized. And then it helps me not have to worry about, those little daily minutia things that I don't find is interesting or fulfilling or whatever as you know these projects. So I do that and then on that whiteboard too is the you know kind of typical like here's on the horizon some things that I need to get done and then like uh, I put supplies. I like the term supplies instead of like grocery list supplies. So then like anything I need to get from the grocery store or whatever, and then I have that on there. And a lot of times, um, as I have it filled out, I'll snap a picture of it with my phone. And then if somebody brings something up to me or I'm in a grocery store, I can bring it up, look at the whole thing right there. So that's another thing that I do. And I guess the last thing I'll leave you with, I apologize, I've rambled for a long time in this video, uh, but just going over some of those practical advice things. But the last thing I was going to leave you with, I talked about reading something every day in a real purposeful way. So I'm just going to share some of the stuff that I've been reading right now um, because I think it's great stuff and lends itself to this. So uh, one book that I've been, this has been my go-to, make it easy to read every day. Uh, if you can read the, if you can read that. But this is The Daily Stoic. Uh, by Ryan Holiday and Stephen Hanselman. This is a great book. I know a lot of you know leadership people have talked about stuff. Love this book. I love Stoic philosophy, ancient Stoic philosophy. And my good friend Bryce Conway, who's been a guest on the podcast, gifted me this book that was very kind. And I love it. Uh, the premise of the book, too, is you read a page every day. It's actually got the date of the year. So I started on January 1st. And it goes through the entire year, um, and it has a date, and then it gives you a quote from some ancient Stoic you know, piece of philosophy, Marcus Aurelius, or Epictetus, or Seneca, whatever, and uh, then it gives you a, a little breakdown of that, applies it to modern life, and it's you read a page a day. So that's one great way to like, hey, for sure I read something in a real book, um, I'm big on annotating, so I always read with a pen uh, when I'm actively reading something like this and underline things and jot things down that I like. So that's a great one. It's sort of a companion to that. I'm reading Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, uh, another great bit of Stoic philosophy. You can see all sorts of annotations and things underlined in there. 
Uh, this is a book that I had first listened to, uh, listened to the audiobook. I love audiobooks, by the way, because I can be building something or making something and listening to a book at the same time, and I feel like I'm double productive. And as a, an art guy and, and somebody who likes to build things, I like to be working with my hands, and then I can be listening to some too. So I listened to the audio version of this and then uh, got the book. The book's really cheap on Amazon, you know, thin paperback. Um, so then I could go through and underline some things, and it's a book I've gifted some people. So I'm reading that one right now. And then also uh, just recently started The Big Fella. Uh, this is kind of just a leisure, pleasure reading um, a book on Babe Ruth. I'm a big New York Yankees fan. Got my first Yankees hat the day that I was born in the hospital. Uh, so just something I grew up with. So I have a lot of uh, Yankees books and memorabilia and things like that. My brother Landon uh, usually gets me a Yankees book for Christmas. This is the new one, and I'm really enjoying that just as a fun read. And then the last one I'll share with you here is The Cardboard Kingdom. That's the one my kids and I are reading right now. Love this book. My brother Logan uh, gave this to us for Christmas for my kids and I to read. Just a really enjoyable book. It's about a group of neighborhood kids who've created their own kingdom and make things out of cardboard. Really related. It's great for me and my kids. We have cardboard battles in our house. We pile up all the cardboard that we get in the basement and then cut it into weapons and you know swords and shields and armor and all this and we have these big battles in the house or out in the yard and it's a lot of fun and this is exactly that and also a great book that just is very it's about being inclusive and empowering kids and letting them feel fill different roles and I really really enjoy a lot the illustrations are kind of a nice comic style illustration so we're reading that now. My kids love it too. Um, so that's that. Those are the things I'm reading. So anyway, I've rambled on for a long time. I will stop. But I appreciate everybody who's been checking out the media stuff. I know the last podcast uh, with Luke Fossey, you know, kind of blew up bigger than, you know, it's been our biggest one yet. That's kind of been the trend. So that's great. And I appreciate everybody checking everything out. Again, I don't have any answers, but hopefully share a few of the things that I do and uh, continue to just try to put some positivity and good into the world. Uh, I appreciate everybody, and we'll keep putting some stuff out there. Thank you. <laughs>